Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. When you begin to plant some seeds that are going to take a little time, they're going to take a little watering, they're going to take a little effort, and you may not see too much happening right off the bat, but if you'll keep doing what you should do, then God will begin to produce something in your life and in your relationships, both with man and with God, that nothing else can do. produce next week it may take a little time but it's going to come up one of these days and it's going to be a part of your life one of these days and that's why it's so important that what you are planting in the ground what you are sowing in this life you're sowing good things because there's coming a day when you're going to reap everything that you have planted and I want it to be a good harvest I want it to be a great harvest I want there to be a great payday awaiting me Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place today. God's Spirit is never going to force itself upon any man. And how we respond to that Spirit determines how much He is able to change us not change us only but what he is able to impart to us what he's able to give us today I want everything that the Lord has not just for me as an individual but for this congregation and this this city our community our families Amen. praise God praise God I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna preach this morning we'll take up the offering at the end of the service, the Lord's Spirit is here, and there is no greater thing for breaking up the hardness of a person's heart than to be in the presence of God. And it takes a heart that is receptive to the Word in order for that Word to do its greatest work in the heart. And so I feel today that the timing is right. Thank you to those who have been sensitive already, creating and allowing this presence to be in this place today. I'm going to preach on a man that I preach on probably more than I preach on any other individual in the Bible. And uh, I love, I love Paul. I love his writings. Paul's story is such a remarkable one. It's a reminder that God can take a life that is working contrary to God's will and transform it in it to become one of the greatest leaders that the church has ever had. I love the message this morning, Brother Jones. Very timely. And just a laced with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But the Word is only as good as we allow it to be in our lives. The Bible says it never comes back void, but we can sure put a damper on it as individuals. Today I I pray that your heart is ready to receive what I want to bring to you because I feel like it is a game changer. 
and that if you're here today seeking something better, you're looking for something greater, I, I think that God has allowed us to have the answer today through his word. Paul was a persecutor of the early church who became an overseer of that New Testament church. And I think that any story like that is worth paying close attention to. It's an amazing thing that took place in one man's life. And I can't imagine what it must have been like for Paul as he stood there before these different churches and instructed this infant church, this newborn thing, the Holy Ghost had just recently been poured out. Persecution was taking place. Paul had been part of that persecution. But now, because of an experience that he had, everything had changed. And now he was a part of that church, not just a part of it. He was a leader over it. He was a, a bishop, so to speak, over these churches. And what an amazing, intelligent, and anointed man that he was to handle the affairs of the early church and all of its varied problems. And yes, the early church had many problems. I look around this church and I know that, you know, wherever you have people, you're going to have problems, right? Some, some of you have come into this church out of problems. You were looking for solution and God brought you out of those problems. Some of you are here and you still have problems. Well, guess what? You're in good company, as Brother Jones said. As long as we live in this world, we'll have problems. The early church had problems. But I am thankful for good organization. I am thankful for good leadership. And although there is no perfect earthly organization, I do believe that it is a wonderful thing to be a part of a fellowship of people that are working together to see the gospel preached to the entire world. Amen. People that unite on a common cause have always been a powerful force to be reckoned with in this world, even if it was an evil thing. You get people to unite even on a bad thing, and it's a powerful force to be reckoned with. But if you get people united to do a good thing and they have the anointing and the blessing of God, they can change everything. I want you to understand that today, how powerful a thing that you are a part of today that you are world changers. Paul is teaching the church at Galatia some very important things in the Galatians chapter 6. If you want to turn there with me, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to allow you to be seated here today. But I do want you to hear what the Word has to say. Somebody needs to take this and allow it to change your life. That's what God's trying to do here today. Galatians 6, chapter, chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Great instruction. Sometimes difficult to follow because as human beings, when somebody falters and when they fail, our first reaction oftentimes is to be judgmental or to point fingers or to look for the flaw and the failure or to jump on the bandwagon. But the Bible tells us that if somebody fails, if somebody falters, then the spiritual ones, and oftentimes you could, that's how you tell 
people apart is those that begin to point fingers and those that put an arm around the shoulder. The ones that point fingers and are kind of excited when somebody fails and can't wait to tell the next person down the line about so-and-so that fell. I have to question the spirituality of a person like that. But the Bible says those of you that are spiritual Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, and I just got to be honest with you today, we're all a bunch of nothing. (laughs) From the earth we came, from the earth we're going to return God took a ball of mud and and he changed it when he breathed the breath of life into us. And man became a living soul. And one of these days, that old earthen vessel we call a body is going to go right back to the dust. But the spirit, the part of it that came from God will be eternal. So the reality of it is, is all of us, we come, we're born, we go when we die. But the spirit, the part of us that is God-like, is eternal. If a man think of himself as something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. And then we go to verse number 7 where Paul drops the bomb right here. And he says, be not, be, de- be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. If I put it into the ground, I'm going to reap whatever I have placed into that ground. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap of the flesh corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting if I were to offer you two things today two gifts and one would die tomorrow one would only be good for one day and the rest would be good for the rest of your life if I was to offer you a one day pass to your favorite establishment or a lifetime pass to your establishment, which one would you take? The one that was over quickly, the one that was corrupted, the one that was fleeting, or would you take the one that lasted your entire lifetime? Of course the answer is you would take the one that lasts. And the Bible is trying to instruct us today that there are two choices, not a myriad of choices, but two choices you can sow to the flesh and reap corruption or sow to the Spirit and reap life everlasting. I just want to preach to you for the next short time that the Lord will allow a message I've entitled A Good Harvest. A Good Harvest. You may be seated today. My key text is verses 7 and 8 about Sowing and reaping. 
What I'm going to preach to you today is not anything that is new. It's not anything that I've never preached on before. As a matter of fact, I preach on this a considerable amount of time. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he reap. For when he sows to the flesh, he'll reap of the flesh corruption. But sowing to the Spirit, he shall reap of the Spirit life everlasting. Quite possibly one of the most simple but profound statements that Paul ever put pen to paper and wrote. I'm so glad that he gave us this today because I love simplicity in the Word of God. Not everything that Paul wrote was simple. Some things you had to read that he wrote and you had to really stop and break it down and work it around. It seems that sometimes there were times when Paul wrote some things that almost seemed to go in circles and you really got to focus and pay attention to what he was trying to say to grasp it in the moment. But today, this particular writing of Paul is not one of those writings. For what he wrote was very simple. It's not complex. It is something that has just been laid out for even the the simplest and most elementary among us to be able to understand today. It's a profound statement because I believe that herein lies the answer to most of the world's problems in a nutshell. And that is if we sow good seed, we will reap a harvest that is bountiful. We'll reap a harvest that is a good harvest. For I believe that everybody wants to reap a good harvest. Amen. Everybody sows seed. It's not something that is unique to a child of God. I can tell you today that Hollywood is sowing seed at this very minute. They're planting thoughts and they're planting ideas into people's minds. They're dropping their ideals and trying to influence and they're placing seeds into societies worldwide and they're trying to reap something from this world. Society sows seed. Hollywood sows seed. Politicians sow seed. The guys down at the barber shop when they're sitting there waiting for their hair to be trimmed or cut, they are sitting there in conversation sowing seed. It's not something that is unique to us, but to the child of God. Amen. The word of God tells us that we are called, we are mandated to be sowers of seed. And as Christians, we are called not to just sow any seed, but we are called to sow good seed. Amen. Good seed. You and I have been mandated to make sure that what we are planting will produce a good harvest. And there's one thing that we need to understand here today. Everyone sows seed. Therefore, everyone will have some sort of harvest. There is coming a day when each of us as individuals will reap whatever it is that we have sown in this life. You're heading toward a harvest time somewhere down the road in your life. 
Some things come up tomorrow. Some things you may harvest next year. There may be some things in your life, some choices, some decisions, some things that you've uh, said, some things that that, uh, you have done in your life that they may not produce overnight, but there will come a day when Jesus Christ is going to make everything right. He's going to create a time and a place for everyone in this world to reap the harvest that they have sown in their lifetime. Something to think about. Something to take very seriously. I enjoy this time of year tremendously. I love to take a drive when I can. And even yesterday out on my route uh, that took me 300 and some odd miles of yesterday, I, I didn't really feel like I was completely working. Yeah, I was at work and I'd rather been at home with my wife and around my family and just hanging out, not having any responsibilities. But as long as you got to work, it's not a bad thing to hop in a, a vehicle that is nice with air conditioning in summer and heated in the wintertime and cruising down the highway and looking out at all the golden fields and, and the farmers that are out in their fields beginning to harvest their crops. I enjoy seeing those things. I like to get up in the mornings and step outside and breathe in that crisp autumn air. Is anybody else here with me? You like that? I love to get up early in the morning and step outside and and not breathe in that uh, 90 degree weather already. You know, humid, uh, water filled air that uh, that we get in June, July, and August. But to step out on a good October morning and to breathe in that crisp, dry air, just something about it just wakes me up. Love the colors, the colors of the field. I love to take a drive and see the leaves. And to me, there are a few things that are more soothing than, than watching as I drive down the road a combine that has been out in the field that has filled up its bin and it's got it's got its uh, 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 what, what what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody help me out. The auger, the thing, the thing. <laughs> Obviously, not a farmer. It's got its thingy sticking up up there, and it's shooting out the the corn or the soybeans or the wheat or whatever it's harvested. It's got its auger. I know the word. I just can't think of it. I'm I'm getting old. It's taking me a while. It's got its auger, and it's it's making that that corn and that wheat and those soybeans, and it's filling up a semi-truck that's parked out in the middle of the field. To me, there's something about that that just brings such a joy and a peace and a soothingness to it. Love it. I know what that means to that farmer that's planted that seed into the ground. And I also am smart enough to know that, that when I go to the store and I begin to look for food, that it's because of that farmer that's out in that field doing what he's doing that I can go there and I can purchase things that I didn't have to plant. I didn't have to be patient, but somebody else took care of it. And I get to enjoy the benefits on my table because there's a farmer out there somewhere reaping a harvest. Growing up in Illinois, you can't help but know at least a little bit about farming. You can't drive down our streets any way that you leave this this town. You won't be a mile out of town before you're going to see a field somewhere that's planted with something. I don't care which way you go. 
Won't be very long and you're going to come across the cornfield or a soybean field or a wheat field or something that's planted out in that field. And as a young person, I was privileged and I didn't realize it at the time how privileged I was. But now that I'm older, I I understand that I was very privileged to have a, a grandfather who put me to work at a very young age on a small farm that he and my grandmother used to own. And I'll never forget those long, hot Illinois summers out there in the middle of the field and I'd be taking that tractor and trying to plow as straight as line as I possibly could and then grandpa would come along behind me and we'd disc it up in a couple of days and we'd both be out working in the fields and uh, getting the ground ready for the seed to go into it. Now early on I didn't understand all that. I'd spent hours of listening to the hum of that old orange WD-45 Alice Chalmers tractor as I drove back and forth down, up and down that, that field disking and, and, and planting those fields. I can remember the sounds of it and oh, how I wish I could go back one more time and enjoy sitting on that old tractor again and seeing my grandfather down at the other end of the field. How good and amazing that would be to be able to experience that all over again, but those times are gone. Those are in my past those things are no more. Every spring, Grandpa would tell me what time I needed to be at the house that next morning and work day would get started. Bored half the time, annoyed half the time. I'd be out there part of the time and I'd stick my headphones in and Try to listen to music, realize that it's a beautiful sound just to hear the sound of nature. I was trying to fill it with something else. And but somewhere along the way, after a couple of years of being a farmhand, there was something that got a hold of me that never left me the same as I used to be. Something that changed the way I look at life in general. Something that struck me and dawned on me as a young man, finally I grasped the concept. And that is how the farmer, my grandfather at that time, would invest so much in the beginning stages of that field that seemed to me like it took ages to make any profit from and and quite honestly there was no guarantee that there would be any profit whatsoever. I'd been around and heard him talk about certain fields that we had to pray that there wasn't any flood that came along because the flood would come along and wipe out the field and destroy everything. And so I knew that sometimes we were working in certain fields on the farm that might not give us any product, might not give us anything, no profit whatsoever. I watched Grandpa spend money on Equipment. I'd watch the the gas truck come out and fill up that big old drum that set up. He had two big gas uh, tanks that set up on these uh, uh, lifts, and and we would get our gasoline from that, so we didn't have to haul in five gallon tanks of gasoline. Uh, we had our own supply out there. I'd watch him shell out the money and pay that driver for the gasoline that that he bought, and I watched him go p- buy parts for tractors that were broken down. And I 
drove him up to Nashville time and time again. As a matter of fact, just a couple of years ago, I walked into that uh, implement place there on a delivery for Federal Express, and I just happened to mention that I used to come in there years and years ago back when I was a kid just barely having my license, and my grandpa would say, drive me up to Nashville, you know, to, we got to get a part for the tractor, and uh, he thought he was doing me a favor, but, but I hated it because he wouldn't let me drive more than 45 miles an hour the entire way. <laughs> if you know that stretch between Pinckneyville and Nashville, you know that there's almost no place to pass somebody that's doing 45 miles an hour. And so I would look in my mirror and I'd break out in a sweat because there'd be 20 cars backed up behind us and people flashing their lights and screaming. Grandpa just sitting over there in the passenger side just whistling away. He had the windows down because he was not buying a truck that had air conditioner. No, no, no. There was no radio. There was no air conditioner. There was nothing in that truck. That was his work truck. And it didn't need to go faster than 45 miles an hour. He spent money, time, worked countless hours without ever receiving a paycheck. I watched him shelk money, uh, hand over fist out for, for parts and equipment and different things that he needed for us to get the seed into the ground, but I never saw anybody giving him any money. It was all an outflow in the beginning. It was all take, take, take. bought fertilizer and had FS come out and spray and when we weren't in the field after we'd gotten everything planted we would go set up in the swing out in the yard or on the porch. He had two swings. They were about from me to Brother Hogan away. I have no idea why he had two swings but he had two swings. I think the the McIntyres have the, the one yard swing out in their yard, don't you still have that? Man, they don't build swings like that anymore. It has its own set of ball bearings in them and everything. I mean, this thing was was top notch. We'd sit out in that swing and we'd look over at the field and Grandpa would talk about, you know, uh, uh, hope we get enough rain. You know, he'd talk about the weather and I just, uh, you know, it's like this is old man talk. I'm I'm 16 years old. I don't care what the weather does. I want to go hop on the three-wheeler and go out and, you know, climb hills or get out in the woods. I want to be doing stuff. And I want to go over to the strip cut and swim for a little while. I want to go do some stuff. But just to sit there and, and, and to listen to him drone on about, I sure hope we get a little bit of rain in the next week. I didn't realize what I had. There we sat looking out at that field of nothingness. But there came a day that all of a sudden the landscape began to change. A little rain came and a little sun came and a little time went by and all of a sudden you saw these little bitty sprouts break up through the ground. And it was like graduation day for my grandfather. I mean, he that was exciting to him. I, I was still not getting it at that point, but I was starting to begin to understand what that old timer was beginning to try to teach me. And I was learning that things that grow require 
patience. I, I had no clue about life. I was just this young kid just trying to make three bucks an hour so I could go down to Dairy Queen and buy myself a sandwich or hang out with my buddies or get a little gas money to drive back and forth down the same road 20,000 times, you know, calling ourselves cruising. How do you cruise in Pinckneyville? There's, only, there's no place to cruise. Go around the square 50 times, you know. Wave at the same people. Hey, it's me again. <laughs> you young people today, you may not understand that, but that's how we enjoyed life. We didn't have iPods, iPad. We didn't have i anything. We had each other, though, and we had relationships that were deeper than just a text message. I'm not getting on to you all. I'm, I'm really not. I'm not getting on to you all. I'm just saying that there are some things more important. There's something about being social with each other. Each other. There's some things that when you begin to plant some seeds that are going to take a little time, they're going to take a little watering, they're going to take a little effort, and you may not see too much happening right off the bat, but if you'll keep doing what you should do, then God will begin to produce something in your life and in your relationships, both with man and with God, that nothing else can do. There came a day finally when the fields were ready and we headed down to the fields with the combine and the wagon. It didn't take long to fill those wagons and away we went down to sell the harvest and that's when I really began to understand that everything that we had worked for all the months that we had waited, the sweat and the heat that we had tolerated, all the things that we had shelled out money for, I stood there one day and I watched that guy begin to count out bills. I watched him begin to hand checks to my grandfather. I watched him fold that over, put it in his pocket. And I said, man, oh man, I wish I had me a little bit of that because there came a day when harvest time paid off. When all the work paid off, when all the toil paid off, when all the heat and the exhaustion paid off, when the patience paid off. The law of sowing and reaping is one of the most basic lessons found in the word of God. And yet you will still find people that just can't seem to wrap their mind around it. That whatsoever we plant will one day produce something that inside of everything that we plant, inside of every seed, there is a dormant life that is waiting to birth something. Something is going to grow out of that seed. It may not grow tomorrow. It may not produce next week. It may take a little time, but it's going to come up one of these days and it's going to be a part of your life one of these days. And that's why it's so important that what you are planting in the ground, what you are sowing in this life, you're sowing good things because there's coming a day when you're going to reap everything that you have planted. And I want it to be a good harvest. I want it to be a great harvest. I want there to be a great payday awaiting me. If you're planting bad seeds, some people think they're getting off scot-free just because it doesn't produce anything right away. Well, I put that seed in the ground yesterday. I did this thing that was sinful. 
And I walked away, and I don't see any repercussions. Oh, I know I've been warned. The preacher said this, and the preacher said that, and I've read the Word of God where it says this, but it seems to me like everything's going to be okay. David even said, my foot almost slipped when I looked at the wicked, and I saw them prospering. I saw people doing the wrong things. I saw sinners getting by with their sin, and it seemed to me as if they were even making a good living at doing it. They were prosperous in their sin. But I love when it finally came to him. That's why being in church is so important because David said, when I went into the sanctuary, that's when I understood. Not just this life is all we're worried about, but he said, I saw the end thereof. I saw the harvest time is what David was, David was trying to say. I saw the end of everything that they had planted. All of a sudden it was coming up and it was destroying them. It had them trapped. They couldn't get out. He said, that's when I began to understand the importance of sowing good seed of planting good things because the end of my life is going to be more important than the beginning of my life. Yes. If you're planting good seed, don't be disappointed if you don't see results tomorrow. The evil are not going to get by just because they don't Get justice served to them immediately, and the good just have to be patient for the harvest time to come. There's a harvest time that is coming. There's a day that is coming, and if you're sowing bad seed, there's a harvest time that will leave you destroyed, but if you're sowing good seed... There's a day coming when the righteous are going to be granted the crown of life. My grandfather understood that it took good decisions up front to get the rewards of the harvest. It took doing the right thing. It took a lot of work that you didn't see an immediate result from. There was a lot of things that we did, a lot of investments that we made. He spent the time to prepare the soil properly so that the seed had a good place that it could germinate and grow. And he spent the money to buy the good seed. You could have got the cheap seed, but he said, you know what? I've seen, I've been around this long enough to know that there's sometimes when we don't get rain when we need rain. And so I've seen seed that has not been so good. It's dried up and it won't produce. So he said, I'm not going to go the cheap route. I'm not taking any chances. I'm going to buy the stuff that can survive the dry times. He brought in outside help to spray the field so that all his hard work wouldn't be choked out with weeds. And he also realized that once he had done all that he could do, once that he had plowed and disc and sowed and fertilized and, and took care of the weeds, once that he had done everything that he could do, that it was time to just sit back in the swing and look at everything that he had done and say, okay, God, I've done everything with it that I can do. The rest is up to you. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying today. Quit trying to control the things in your life that only God has control over. There's some things that you can't do about your situation, but God knows where you're at and he knows what you need and his timing is impeccable. We get so frustrated 
I can remember my grandfather saying, boy, we sure could use some rain, but I never saw him one time out there trying to do a rain dance and make it rain. <laughs> you want to be frustrated? Try to do what only God can do. Try to make things happen that you have no control over. You'll wind up frustrated. He couldn't make it rain. That was God's job. Your job is to plant good seed. Your job is to scatter, make sure that every piece of ground, you know, you don't get to pick and choose who's going to hear the word of the Lord from you. That's God's job. And you may look at somebody and say, you know what, this is a waste of my time. And you may look at somebody and say, that, that's, that's stony ground. There's no point in even wasting my time on this. I bet you that Paul was considered stony ground. I bet you there were plenty of people that said, don't even waste your time. As a matter of fact, you go down there and try to talk to him about God, and guess what's going to happen? He's going to come in in the middle of the night and drag you out of your home and throw you in prison or jail or worse. Don't even waste your time on him. But God had a plan, honey. And when you can't see what God is doing, just know this, that God knows better than what we know. It's not our job to, to be soil inspectors. It's our job to sow seed wherever we can sow seed. I want the derelict to know about Jesus Christ. I want the drunkard to know about Jesus Christ. I want the mayor to know about Jesus Christ. I want the prostitute to know about Jesus Christ. I want everybody to know and have a chance to hear about him. Where our music come today. There's a good harvest that's coming our way. Landmark is prepped and prepared. We've done everything we can do, Brother Jones. We're doing everything we can. Church, I can't ask this church to do any, any more than what you have already done and what you are continuing to do. You are doing it. You're doing everything. We're doing everything that we can do. My heart took a little leap this morning. I saw some folks that got here just a little bit late, and they walked in, and I saw the wife. Her eyes went like this, and she's like, where are we going to sit? And I saw her husband go back into the fellowship hall and grab a couple of chairs and bring them out so they'd have a place to sit. And that was before all the kids came back in from Sunday school class. I thought, God, I can't make it rain here. I would like to snap my fingers and have that building done right over there. And I, next week, just walk right in. But that's not going to happen. God, we're sowing seed and preparing ground and doing everything that we can do. But we can't make it rain. God just simply says, you're not supposed to make it rain. Because when that happens, you're going to know it was me that sent the rain. You're not going to be able to take any credit. Oh, we're doing everything that we can do to, to, to work our way towards, towards that, towards the miracle, towards the harvest. This is, there's more harvest than this. 
There's more harvest than just this full house today. Come on, somebody clap your hands and agree with me. This isn't all the harvest. This is a harvest, but there's a larger harvest that God has intended for Landmark to have. Some of you, your children will be sitting in these pews that are backslidden. And some of you, your husband and your wife, they're not here today. And you're thinking in your mind, God, can you ever get a hold of them? Let me tell you what the answer to that is. The answer to that is definitely yes, he can get a hold of them. There's coming a day when the harvest is going to be reaped. And it's going to be a good harvest. It's going to be a great harvest. The harvest will be tested. We would take those soybeans in and that big old bin, that orange wagon. Bushels and bushels and bushels, bushels, bushels. It's starting to get a little muddy there. Bushels. <laughs> Start to sound like Bull Shoals. I think that's a place up in around uh, in Missouri somewhere. Not Bull Shoals, bush, Bushels. <laughs> Let me just move on before I get really trapped here. And they would take this long tube and they would shove it down into the middle of that grain and they would pull that out and that would become their sample. They'd take it in and they would test it. You know why? Because they wanted to see how pure it was. They wanted to know how pure your field was. They wanted to know if what they were, they were seeing on the top wasn't just the, the finest, but down underneath there were some things that were hidden. And so they would stick that, that tube down into that grain and they'd pull it out and they could see if you were hiding anything. If you hadn't done things right, they knew it. Paul said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. It's easy to fall prey to the idea that people can live in sin and get away with it. It's easy to look around and see the world seemingly just coasting. They got no problems. Everybody loves them. And they look at you and they curl their nose up and wonder why you dress holy and you come to church more than once a week or you come to church at all. And that all just bunch of emotion in there. No, there's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. And your harvest will be tested. Paul said, don't don't be deceived. He goes on to say, let us not be weary in well-doing. Would you stand today? I love the fact that he put that in. He didn't just say, let us not be weary for in due season we shall reap. He said, let us not be weary in well-doing. Doing the right thing can sometimes wear you out, can it? And we get tired because we see everybody else relaxing when we're in preparing for something. Our Sunday school teachers, you spend a lot of Saturdays, Saturday nights, 
I, I watch what you do over there. I, I know that that doesn't just come easy, that you put preparation. I know that our ministry team here in this church, you don't, you don't just get up and preach anything. You, you put time and you pour yourself into it. And there's times when, when you don't get to do some things that you would like to do, but, but what you're doing is you're preparing the seed. You're preparing the soil. You're getting everything ready. Have you seen the results of it yet? No, but you're planting something. And while everybody else is playing, you're working. And when you're working, you can become weary. But don't become weary sowing good seed. There's probably some amongst us that are reaping a harvest from bad decisions of the past. I've come with a message of hope for you as well. For life is full of seasons. And what you planted in the past, once you reap the harvest of that, you have a brand new field that you can now sow with good seed. Paul was the evidence that you can have a new product from the same old field. I'm living proof, living proof that once certain things are harvested, that you can go back and replant and start all over again. Would you bow your head and close your eyes right now? I've preached maybe a little too long this morning. I don't want to wear anybody out today. But I want you to understand that the words you say and the actions you take and the response that you give to the word of the Lord, every part of every one of those things is sowing something into your life. And if there might be some here today that you're reaping the repercussions of some things that you've done in your past and they're haunting you and you're having, having to sit down at your table and eat the bitter herbs of the things that have been coming up in your field that today can be a brand new day it's time to start planting some new seed or maybe you've been planting new seed and you already get this message and you understand how blessed it is to reap the harvest of a good, godly, moral decision when everybody thought you were crazy and nobody from the world understood. And yet here you stand today with peace in your heart and joy in your soul knowing you did what God wanted you to do. They began to sing today. I just wonder. We don't have to stay any longer than you want to today. But I just wonder if there's some folks here today that would like to begin to sow some good seed in the field of your life starting today. Your bad decisions don't have to define you. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. 
You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.